This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. July 22nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with our esteemed correspondent from the Big 12 Expansion Update Desk, Jason Shepard. Look, here's the thing. When you have great furniture like the Big 12 Expansion Update Desk, Mm -hmm. it can go away in storage for a while, but you never get rid of it. You always want to have it on standby just in case. And yesterday was one of those days. It's perfect that you were scheduled to do this show today based on what... Was revealed yesterday. <laughs> Look, all right, so you, you you cannot see all, but I am I am decked out in head to toe in black. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've got the I got the bat the black track pants, the black Nikes, mm-hmm. the black shirt. Okay. Do not let that fool you that conference expansion is dead, my friends. <laughs> it is very much alive. Yes, your Thursday show lineup includes a bomb of a conference realignment rumor dropped yesterday by The Houston Chronicle. Here we go again. Does it have any validity to it? Or is it just fool's gold again? Our BYU football opponent previews continue with the voice of USF football. Jim Lauk will join us. Are the Bulls ready for BYU's vengeance mission in Provo? (laughs) Plus, head basketball coach Mark Pope joins the show to recap a title for his professional alma mater of sorts in Milwaukee and... Update us on the Cougars' changing roster. But first, today's BYU Sports Station headlines led off by a massive payday. Yes, indeed. Fred Warner signing, yeah, cha-ching indeed. Fred Warner signing a five-year contract extension worth $95 million with the San Francisco 49ers. Congratulations to Fred Warner. Wow. Incredible. The deal includes $40.5 million in guarantees, and it makes Warner the highest paid inside linebacker in the National Football League. Congratulations to him. All pro Fred getting it done. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers saw that coming, right? Kyle Van Oye yesterday tweeted, hey, he deserves all of it. Love it. Roos Chris is on you yes. next time. <laughs> yes, Fred. That's a given. Hey, BYU football senior center James Empey named one of 67 nominees for the All-State AFCA Good Works team. To be considered, an athlete must take part in a charitable organization or a service group and maintain good academic standing while doing so. Not to be outdone, his teammate and receiver Gunnar Romney was just named to the Bolitnikoff Award watch list this morning, given annually to the best wide receiver in all of college football. The men's and women's cross-country schedules were released. The season will begin September 11th with the Autumn Classic right here in Provo. Notable invitationals include trips to Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Florida State. Nationally ranked BYU track and field signs Austin Klingler out of West Jordan, Utah. Austin is the current Utah high school record holder in the 400 meters. Took first place in the... 2021 Adidas Nationals in the 800 meters and was, not surprisingly, the 2021 Gatorade Athlete of the Year in track and field in the Beehive State. And my guy, Reed McLaughlin, pitcher 
for the BYU Cougars was named to the 2021 Cape Cod League All-Star team. Yes, Reed. McLaughlin has pitched 13 and a third innings for the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. He has three saves, 14 strikeouts, and zero earned runs. He's your closer. He's your shutdown he guy. He is the man. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Conference realignment chaos episode 2021. Let's do this. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo looked into his crystal ball a few weeks ago during our BYU football, a decade of independence review show, and spoke about the ongoing speculation of Power 5 conference expansion, realignment, and how BYU may fit into that. Jason, did Tom know something was Mm. brewing in the SEC? Listen to what he said. But I I do think that you perhaps could see a P5 conference add some teams or they could change conferences like they have in the past. I, I just think that some of those P5s are so strong that they won't need to shake up it would be more an adjustment. And those will be predicated on their TV conference, their broadcast agreements. Wow. Okay, that was July 2nd, 20 days ago. Tom Holmo speaking to us about Power 5 conference expansion, realignment, and again, how BYU may take advantage of this. Yesterday, if you missed it in headlines, the Houston Chronicle reporting that Big Dogs Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 have expressed serious interest in leaving the Big 12 and joining the Southeastern Conference, making it a 16-team super conference, joining Alabama and LSU and all the other big dogs in the SEC. Okay, Jason, so think about that for a moment. Texas and Oklahoma reportedly want to leave the Big 12, move to the SEC. If that is indeed the case, and there is some validity to this, What in the world does that mean for BYU? (laughs) I think we know what we want it to mean for BYU, that possibly there's an opportunity to go to the Big 12. I mean, that is the first thing I thought of. That will surprise absolutely nobody. But that's the first thing I thought of. Certainly, the entire college football world is focused on the aspect of Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. That's, That's the story. We here at BYU... I'm sure it's the same in Cincinnati, at in the Houston area, Memphis, at Memphis, UCF. There, they know how big of the story is, but they're also now also like we are looking at. Okay, well now, what does the Big Twelve do? Is this finally the chance for BYU to get into a P5 conference? That's what we don't know because nobody and look. And I could not get enough of this story yesterday, whether it was reading every article I could find, listening to every podcast that I could find yesterday. Nobody is talking about the part of the story about what the Big 12 does next. It's all about where Texas and Oklahoma are going. So right now, there really isn't anything concrete as to what the Big 12 would even want to do. By all accounts, they were blindsided by this news yesterday. And which is kind of crazy when you think about it with all of the leaks that can come out. And obviously this was leaked eventually. But the fact that you can get something this major 
past all of those athletic directors and universities for quite a long time is remarkable in this day and age. Mm. So I, I hope what it means is that BYU it now has an opportunity to go to a P5. That's what I hope it means. Isn't it interesting that all of this gets leaked during SEC media days? Oh, what timing, Jason Shepard. The SEC is meeting, which means reporters have access to Greg Sankey, who is the commissioner of the SEC, who, by the way, said, I have no comment on the news from the Houston Chronicle that is speculating about Texas and Oklahoma. That's not a no. It's not a no. <laughs> it's not a no. And typically when it is a no, they'll nip it in the bud. Yep. They'll say, no, there's, there's no truth to that. Like, it's, it's a non-starter. Nope, we're, we're not going there. He did not say that. He said, I have no comment. Neither on, did Texas and Oklahoma, by the way. On the speculation from unnamed sources. Okay, so I love reading into this. I think this is... This is perfect fodder for July 22nd and for July 21st yesterday, too, for that matter. I just wonder, Jason, my first thought was, okay, is this Lucy holding the football out for Charlie Brown again when it comes to BYU, hoping that this is the window to get into the Power Five, and then she pulls it away, and it's just dog and pony show, and BYU fans are flipped upside down and disappointed again? That, that was my first thought. Okay, is there any validity to this? I watched how it kind of spread like wildfire on social media, and I was like, okay, when you involve the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma, yes, you're going to catch the attention of the college football world. In fact, the SEC network, which is part of the ESPN family, is suggesting that if there are 16 teams in Texas and Oklahoma do join the SEC, they go to four-team pods. They're already speculating on how it's going to work. Uh, Jason, I literally, you saw, I was in the office with you yesterday. I literally was putting in together uh, SEC, or sorry, Big 12 West and Big 12 East divisions featuring BYU and Houston. And I appreciated all of your hard work yesterday. It made me feel much better. But again, is it fool's gold? Is this Lucy dangling the football in front of Charlie Brown? Poor BYU fans saying, I'm not going to move it. I promise this time. Just come kick the football. And then she yanks it away, and BYU again is disappointed and upset I, I am leaning towards that until we know more concrete information the houston chronicle also said that a decision is expected to be made on whether or not texas and oklahoma have like a legitimate chance of moving conferences into the sec in the next few weeks right well now so let's get some of the the specifics out there for i believe that it's 75 percent has to be approved other members of the sec they have to have 75 percent approval yes to be able to get in. It does not appear that there's going to be an issue getting that. Texas A&M obviously yeah. is, is going to fight it. Well, they said yesterday, yes. we, we like being the only team from Texas in the SEC. Missouri is probably going to say they don't want it either. But by all accounts, they're going to be able to have the number of votes they need. 11 of 14. If it gets to that point, it doesn't appear that that's going to be an issue. It sounds like the, the chain... That would have like you. You'd have to follow this sort of chain of command here. It sounds like the the first domino would be for Texas and Oklahoma yeah. to say that they will not renew their broadcast rights at the end of the the contract. That would be the first thing. Then it's to declare their intentions to to seek membership in the SEC. It's kind of like a, a way you've got to do this based off of what I read. Here's the other thing that we don't know in terms of how BYU could fit into this. So if you're the Big 12, right now you're the Big 12 with 10 teams, okay? 
You you do you add two to stay at ten? You're staring at potentially yes. eight, and you're losing the two most profitable yes. and biggest yes. names in your conference. So do you add two to get back to ten? Do you add four to go to twelve, which makes the most sense? You would think. Or does that conference dissolve, yes. Jason? And if you get these teams in, do they even keep P five status? We don't know the answer to any of that stuff. Does the AAC step in and take sort of take the best of what's left of? The Big 12. And then no lo- is the Big 12 no longer what you're looking at? And then it's like, we need to get into the AAC. What role will the Pac-12 play in this? I heard an interview this morning with Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman, who we've had on this show many, many times. He said he believes the number one option, there's if, if, two options. He thinks number one, the most likely, is that the Pac-12 comes and takes the teams that they want to add to their league, sure. he thinks that uh, the plan B, option two, is that they go and find teams to replace the the teams leaving. So that, what role does the Pac-12 play in all of this? Holy cow. Yes, this is – we've been saying this for a number of years, that as we approach the year 2023 and 2024 when all of these television rights agreements are up, that as we get closer to this date, then we might see some movement. And – Tom Homo is right. I I was in agreement with him where it's just like an agreement with him, I should say, that if teams moved conferences, then that would be the domino that started all of this. We moved to a mega conference, the first 16 team power conference that would move all of the dominoes. So does the Big 12 go away if they lose Texas and Oklahoma? Is, is that conference no more? And there are still 64 power five teams, but we move to four 16-team power conferences and is BYU and a team like Notre Dame, are, are they again still in just this independent realm? There, there's so much going on here. By the way, Oklahoma, the legislature there, okay, government, has a, a rule or, if you want to call it that, a law in place that Oklahoma can't go anywhere without Oklahoma State. What's that about? Well, I I have read updated information on that, that they, and I cannot remember which national college football writer it was. It it may have been Pete Thamel who says that he has, he has spoken with, and I apologize if it's not Pete, if it's somebody else not giving him proper credit. He'd mentioned that, that based off of what he's been able to, uh, information he's been able to gather there's really not much okay. that that, that okay. the, the state of Oklahoma can do to keep Oklahoma tied to Oklahoma oh there's really not goodness. much or T Boone Pickens and his Correct. billions of Correct. dollars for that matter okay so okay legislature even if that's uh, not an issue there there are just so many moving parts here and uh, how does BYU how does BYU position to take advantage of this one you, you keep winning games Okay, so BYU's in a great position because they were 11, they won 11 games last year. They were relevant, nationally ranked. And so the status of BYU football and the athletic department overall is really good right now. Yes. The timing is good. Yes. The timing is good for BYU if the dominoes are indeed falling. But is the Big 12 the next Big East, Jason, where it's like the Big 12 is trying to stay alive and they say, hey, yeah, BYU, Boise State, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, come join us. And then they dissolve the next year, and they lose their Power Five accreditation. What is is this the Big East all over again? If Texas and Oklahoma leave, because you don't want to link yourself uh, to a ship that is sinking. Uh, and then there's the idea that maybe the Pac-12. There, you said, hey, they could poach some teams, right? Arizona and Arizona State, they are awfully close to Texas, Jason. Yeah. Okay. 
And I know that it's been a number of years or a few years in the past where they have expressed their displeasure with the Pac-12 and the late windows and the Pac-12 network not delivering on what it said it would and Larry Scott and that whole fiasco and circus in the Pac-12 that they were maybe thinking about jumping conferences. Would Arizona and Arizona State going to the Big 12 keep that conference afloat and then, again, keep BYU out of the window? I'm with you. Look, and I I say this, but I'm still going to get my hopes up. (laughs) But I'm like you. There's been so much disappointment with this where you think maybe, okay, this is BYU's best chance, and then it doesn't happen. Or you think you're close, and then it doesn't happen. I'm with you. There's there's such a long history of that happening that it's very, very difficult for anybody to feel confident that, oh, this – this, this, is it. this is it. This is it. Because there's been so many opportunities where you thought this was it and it didn't happen. But that's not going to keep me from thinking right now, this may be his best chance. Because of everything that's, that's – the dominoes that are falling right now – and I tweeted this out in jest. It was an opportunity basically just to tweet out a gif of this cougar like jumping into the river and kind of <laughs> pouncing. I, 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 I tweeted out, it's time to pounce. I think it's time to pounce. I really do. Okay. I want to play one more soundbite for everyone, okay? Again, this is a very much a fluid, amoeba-esque conversation as it pertains to BYU and how the Cougars could potentially crack into Power 5 Conference. Tom Homo, again, on July 2nd, speaking with us, added the following. There's been discussions. There's things that happen behind the scenes that are very private and confidential, and those things never get out. I don't want to say discussions, but I would say we're always looking for what's best for our football program. And it would be, um, I would be remiss if I didn't look at every opportunity and take the calls that come in that have questions about where we are at what time and what we're looking for. So I think those conversations have occurred almost every year, if not every year, uh, very often in that 10 year period. And I would assume that they will continue until we continue to make independence better and better and better or find another league. So it's not like the conversations haven't been happening. Now it just takes on an interesting angle. Right. And there may just be something more there for BYU to, as you said, pounce on. The point is, Tom Homo is all over it. Yes. This is not... No. BYU is not... Just sitting. He's been all over yes. it. He'll continue yes. to be all over this as it develops. Our question of the day. With the potential of Texas and Oklahoma, or the report, I should say, going to the SEC, what does that mean for the future of BYU's Power 5 hopes? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation at Jason EC21 on Twitter says, times are changing. BYU may have a shot at forming something new. Teams would be desperate to find a new home, and that would allow BYU to throw its hat in the fray. That's something that we've talked about as well. Is there a new conference? Is are the leftovers from the Big 12 and maybe some defectors from other Group of Five conferences going to form a new conference with BYU? I, I, who knows, Jason? I don't think anything's off the table at this point. Clearly, it's not if Texas and Oklahoma out of nowhere are pretty darn close to going to the SEC. The Power Five conferences know what BYU is right now. Yes. They know where to contact Tom. They know how to contact Tom. It's just a matter of when and if that 
first domino actually falls. Keep that cell phone charged. (laughs) Yes. All right, coming up is the Big 12's Power 5 status at risk. More on this discussion. And let's shift gears a little bit and talk BYU basketball. Roster's changing. Coaches staying. The Cougars positioning for another top 25 run. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for a BYU Sports Nation special, the 1983 Reviewable. Tune in noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside a very excited Jason Shepard because of all of this Power five conference realignment talk hashtag BYU to the big 12 late July. Oh goodness. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to happen this summer. I really didn't. I was like, Oh, we're probably going to get all the way through the summer. That's what makes it even more special. Spencer, when you don't expect it. boy okay we need to take a time out from football just for a moment so that jason can gather himself i I can't wait to talk some byu basketball i love cougar hoops let's keep the energy high we welcome in the head basketball coach of byu mark pope to byu sports nation coach uh does conference realignment interest you at all are you so focused on basketball right now that you, you don't have time to think about football and all that stuff no no i i listen first of all how much do you guys love conference realignment? <laughs> Think about how many hours you spent over the last eight years talking conference realignment on Sports Nation. It's it's like it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We open up the boxes and nothing's there though. That's the problem. We need to find a present. It's almost going to be sad when it happens because <laughs> then there's to talk about it anymore <laughs> that is true I like, like a large portion of our topics would go away once we actually get in it's <laughs> a great point brought up by coach pope hey also uh your professional alma mater one of them the milwaukee bucks an incredible run small market nba finals elijah bryant gets a ring sam merrill utah state how cool is all that who's gonna win it the bucks the bucks you guys don't know that because that's from like 20 years ago. But, man, how great is this? So not only – listen, think about this. Not only Sam Merrill and, of course, the great BYU alum, Eliza Bryant, who's who's putting together just an epic career for himself, but also, I mean, we got a lot of connections there. Uh, you know, Craig Manning does some work for the Bucs. Uh, BYU, uh, great. Uh, Mike Davey. Uh, is the head strength coach there, and he's a member of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is doing an unbelievable job, um, uh, you know, training the guys over there. There's a lot of connections with the Bucks, uh and BYU, so it was a great, great day for sure. Coach, did you and and Coach Feger and T. John Lucas, did you take it easy on Alex Barcelo, who we know is from the Ooh. Phoenix area and a Suns fan? No, first of all, like we're all decked out in in fan paraphernalia, in fan gear. And Alex, you know, a devout, apparently fan of the Suns, brought nothing to the table. Nothing. And then he was 
that he had a bunch of, uh, you know, he was a little torn up. I'm not going to lie. He was a little torn up yesterday showing up to work us. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, it happens. You know, it's, it's part of being a fan for sure. Uh, I can tell you this much. BYU fans collectively are understandably excited about Alex Barcelo deciding to come back and the addition of T. John Lucas. And it, while we can't mention certain other names that haven't been officially announced by the university, the roster continues to change. Coach, how would you assess your overall team right now going into year three as the man in charge of BYU basketball? Guys, I am so excited because finally, you know, this this uh, Caleb Lohner has just owned. Sorry, guys. All good. Has just, has just owned the landscape of best dressed on the team. The most swag, the most style. Like he's put everyone else to shame. But enter into the equation, T. John Lucas. Okay. So this tees on Lucas, we had a team event, a team golfing event uh, a couple weeks ago. This dude came in like some cross between Tiger Woods and Jack <laughs> on the golf course. He rolled in. In fact, he inspired the Jersey breakout the other day because he rolled in like head to toe swagged out bucks yes. gear. Yes. So you talk about things I'm excited about this season. Caleb Loner, watch your back. You <laughs> I love it. Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about the roster as much as we can. Chris Burgess, one of your fabulous assistant coaches, joined us a few weeks back and said, look, we're trying to be a top 25 team year in and year out. We make no bones about, you know, scouring the transfer portal. BYU has found great success again, uh, led by you and your coaching staff in getting some key players. He's like, we, we want to be a top 25 team. Heck, we want to be a top 10 team. Coach, right now, as the roster is currently constituted, do you feel like you have a top 25 squad? Um, I, who knows? I mean, come on, guys, we're in July, right? So uh, I do think we have a bunch of guys, some pieces that fit together in a really interesting way. Uh, I, I think that this group is growing into a group that is willing to um, to fight for each other and commit to each other. And I do know that, uh, you know, Tom has told me that the first year we finished not in the top 25, my, my uh, career here will be over. <laughs> I don't know if we better do it, boys, or this could be my last Sports Nation appearance. (laughs) Well, you do get to go to Hawaii. You get to go to the Diamond Head Classic, and that's always fun. And not only that, but you guys right now are looked at as maybe the team to beat uh, in that uh, that Diamond Head Classic. What are your thoughts on going over there? You you get to play in some really cool uh, tournaments throughout the year. This is certainly one I know you guys are looking forward to. Yeah, we, lo- we love this MTE. It's, it's really exciting. You know, we get to go Maui over Thanksgiving. And listen, Maui is, is the, is the pen- it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such an incredible experience. And then, and then we get to follow up a couple years later with Diamond Head over Christmas. Um, and so we're really excited that the field is incredibly competitive. Um, it's not, it's not the, the, the biggest names in all of basketball, but it's all these, you know, it's, you take a team like Liberty, right. Who is just, um, just been unbelievable the last three years in terms of winning and losing and, and taking on every single opponent. Uh, and, and they might not be a, a, a national name, but in, in the world of basketball, we know that they're, a, you know, a top 50 team that's, that's going to be a problem. Right. And the field is full of teams like that. Uh, so we're incredibly excited. It comes with all kinds of challenges. 
uh, we get to start with South Florida, which is uh, which is interesting. Um, I'm going to test your guys' trivia. Okay. Can you tell me why South Florida is an interesting opponent for us BYU Cougars and me personally? Why South Florida? Uh, you personally? Yeah, you personally. You guys aren't supposed to be the trivia masters. Bring it. <laughs> Jason? I, 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 no, I, for him, per, that was the curveball. I thought maybe he was just saying because football plays South Florida this year, and it was a nice tie-in that both teams get to face the same team. But when he threw in, when he threw in Coach, the personal part of it, I, I'm, I don't. Okay, were you recruited by South Florida? Did you commit to them or something out of high school? I can't wait to see Coach Sataki and the BYU Cougar football team okay. roll out trounce South Florida. I'm so excited about that. But this is only interesting to me. So I was literally we my team at Utah Valley, we went and we lost to, to South Florida in the CBI. Mm. I jumped on a plane early in the morning and that was the day that coach to to, to return. I was actually going to another deal, and, and that was the day that Coach retired. So that was my last experience with South Florida. It was an L. We got to fix that this time. Wow. Okay, so, yeah, so vengeance tour for football and for you in a strange way for basketball. I like this. The BYU vengeance tour against the USF Bulls. Okay, uh, we want to know who BYU is going to play, obviously, and see the full conference slate and the schedule and non-conference. When do you anticipate that that will be officially announced? I'm going to wait until there's just a – until we just can't wait any longer. I <laughs> <laughs> speculate on the potential uh, schedule until you've talked it to death and then we'll break it out. We're okay. actually super excited about the schedule. It's way too hard. Uh, it's terrifying, um, but we got, we got great, we got great teams on, on the schedule. The non-conference schedule is going to be really, really good. We're, we're hopefully going to be able to finish it up in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. I say that. That might be super optimistic, but that's that's the hope. Okay. Okay, one more bonus question. Which returning player are we not talking about right now, but we will be talking about by the end of this basketball season? No, man, that's a great question. So, listen, I got a bunch of guys. So, um, you know, I, I, I think Trevin Nell comes up because he was the number one three-point shooter in the West Coast Conference. Uh, so he's going to be in the mix. I think Richard Harward comes up. He's going to step into a new um, – incredibly important role for him this year and he's 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 racing towards uh being prepared to do that um i think uh a name that could come up is hunter erickson i don't know if you guys are talking about him but he's putting together a great summer and he's a terrific young player uh, i think he has a, a chance to be really special i think all the other guys you guys are talking about a lot so um but but uh we got a bunch of guys that that are that are competing really hard to to try and see if we can take the next step in in our evolution basketball program maybe it's gavin baxter too he's uh an intriguing character there is anybody not talking about gavin baxter i mean come on <laughs> this guy he's got all the you know he's worked so hard this summer you're not even gonna recognize his body my gosh okay uh, he looks unbelievable and he's he's you know he's still uh working really really hard at getting to fully to a full go um, we're hoping to take some strides in the next three weeks with actually getting him on the court in some uh, some really limited uh, full speed, full contact, limited range stuff. Um, and hopefully, you know, when we roll in here September 1st, he's going to be full go. Awesome. Coach, so great to catch up with you. We appreciate the good times, the laughs, the insight, and uh, can't wait for an exciting basketball season. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. You got Thanks, it. Thanks, Coach. BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> he never disappoints, Jason. He is always fantastic. And while we're talking about BYU basketball, I totally forgot this. I ran into Nate Austin last night at the Real Salt Lake oh, game. Big Nate. Yeah. Okay. Got to say hi to Nate last night. Hadn't seen him in a while. So, all right, coming up, uh, surprisingly, South Florida has turned into a major part of this show. We are going to continue our BYU football previews. Jim Lauk from South Florida is going to join us. Mark Pope making his disdain for the Bulls known. <laughs> and is it in BYU's best interest to join the Big 12 Conference if that opportunity is indeed on the table, Jason, or is it a sinking ship? This is BYU Sports Nation. I'll take a ticket. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jason. I am Spencer. And yes, it is time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Okay, if the two flagship institutions leave the Big 12, is there a chance, Spencer, that the Big 12 loses its P5 status? Is that at risk, do you think? Yes. If Texas and Oklahoma are no longer part of the Big 12, then what does the Big 12 become? A basketball conference? With Kansas? And And Baylor? Yeah, Okay, Texas like, Tech. Who's the flagship program in football if Texas and Oklahoma leave? Is it TCU? Who is it? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it. <laughs> look, the fact that you could say four or five and probably be right that lets you know that there once the drop off after those two is significant. Is it Oklahoma State? Maybe. Look, here, look here's the thing. I have no idea how that all works in terms of P5 status and if it's taken away. Here's what I do know is at risk is their paydays at the end of the broadcast deals. Once they, With those two teams, if they do go, Oklahoma and Texas are gone. The amount of money that those universities will get per year will drop significantly. You know what BYU has working for it? An independent deal with ESPN that brings in money, their own television network, and uh, a fan base that's worldwide. So maybe they could fill some of the shoes of yes. Texas if they leave. But yeah, the Power 5 status is absolutely a risk if the Big 12 doesn't add enough name programs and create enough revenue to maintain that Power 5 moniker. Okay, let's follow it up with this. Is it in BYU's best interest to join the Big 12 knowing that the Power 5 status might be on the line? Well, yeah, I'm still going to say yes because of the access that it gives you. BYU, we know BYU is going to have eyeballs on them. They're going to have the attention. But can you have the access? This gives BYU the access. Now, obviously, long-term for the conference, I don't know. If you have a chance to get into a P5 conference, you do it. It's as simple as that. Jason, give me Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, and Houston, and now you have 12 teams in the Big 12 that could maintain a Power 5 status. I'm I'm still going if it's BYU, Houston, Cincy, in Memphis. Is that enough to keep it? Is that enough to keep it alive? Or UCF. Okay. Uh, Do it. Maybe if you get into Florida. All right. BYU basketball's roster, um, as we talked about, continues to evolve. Yeah. Major upgrades. Yes. We we can't mention specific names yet. We talked with with Coach Pope. You asked him about being a top 25 team. Do you think they will be a top 25 team next season? When all is said and done and things are made official, Jason, I look at the roster top to bottom 
and I see a top 25 roster for BYU. If you are one of the favorites to win the Diamond Head, which is a tournament that features some notable programs, then yeah, BYU has a legitimate chance to be a top 25 program again. We're talking about a team and program that's been a six seed or should have been a six seed without COVID in back-to-back seasons. And I feel like BYU is a more complete team. I feel like they're a better scoring team overall compared to last year going into next season. Yeah, I think they're a top 25 roster. Yes, I do think they are. And it's based off of the roster that I see. But also, I have the utmost faith in this coaching staff that they are leading this program the direction it needs to go. BYU didn't have the guaranteed bucket. Alex Barcelo was the closest thing they had to it last year. With the new roster, Jason, they got a few guys that are a guaranteed bucket, which gets back to more of the TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs factor. Right. Okay, Uh, this is a fun question we discussed in the office yesterday. Fred Warner's got $95 million in a five-year contract. He is the face of the San Francisco 49ers defense. But does that make him the most popular BYU alumni in the NFL right now, or does that still belong to a quarterback? I would say Fred Warner is the best BYU player in the league. Yes. Most popular is different. I believe it's going to be and is Zach Wilson. You think it's Zach Wilson without even playing I down think right it, now? As of right now, it is Zach Wilson. And I base that off of the fact my son was at the BYU football camp. And before it started, okay. Jack DeMooney, everybody's uncle, asked all of the kids, who's your favorite NFL player? 98% of them all said Zach Wilson. <laughs> I said that's, that is telling. Okay. It's Zach Wilson, I think. You know, and until Drew Brees retired, I, I think it was Taysom Hill. Even, but because Taysom Hill is now dealing with stepping into the huge void that Drew Brees leaves behind, his popularity, even in the New Orleans market, is now kind of in question. It's like, ah, did we go all in on Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? We miss Drew. I think that's hurting Taysom a little bit with the popularity Probably. game. So, yeah, weirdly, it's Zach Wilson Zach. because he's a quarterback and he's in New York. He's the number you know, two pick. He's the highest yep. draft pick in the NFL and BYU football history. Yep. It's Zach Wilson without even playing it down. All right, coming up, our rising shout-outs. And the voice of USF football, Jim Lauk. Are the Bulls ready for the vengeance mission in Provo and the altitude for that matter? This is BYU Sports Nation. I went on a vengeance mission. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B, alongside the fabulous Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. It is time that we welcome in the voice of USF Bulls football. His name is Jim Lauk. He is joining us over Zoom. Jim, great to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Okay, we know that the Bulls had a really tough season, 1-8 and eight with a new coach last year amidst all of the COVID madness in the American Athletic Conference. What are the expectations for the Bulls going into 2021 based on what happened last year? I think there's a lot of optimism that they're going to be better. Uh, last year, uh, you probably couldn't have scripted uh, anything worse 
than what USF went through last year. New coach, new coordinators, young team trying to get a new system in. You get one spring practice and then everything shuts down. Uh, your non-conference schedule falls apart, so you wind up rebuilding that and you wind up opening up with Notre Dame on the road as your first game uh, and you wind up one and eight. So it's been a much more normal year so far. They had a full and productive spring. I think Jeff Scott and his staff know a lot more what they have and what they need to work on this year as compared to last year. And I think in terms of depth and talent, they're going to be quite a bit better, maybe significantly better. The fair question to ask, though, for this year is, with this schedule so tough this year, how many more wins does that translate to? You mentioned it. You have a new head coach last year, and obviously year one doesn't go the way that you hope. But what type of impact has, has Jeff Scott had on this program, and what's his vision for USF moving forward? I think he's had a very positive impact. He's done all the right things with the fan base. He's done some things that, that sound like no-brainers but really hadn't been done before, such as bringing a lot of USF football alumni players back. Uh, he's been very active in that. He's been building uh, really since he's gotten here. It's interesting to see his philosophy kind of change in his first head coaching job. When he came in, you know, he said, I'm really, I'm not a transfer guy. I'm not a Juco guy. I'm really a build it from freshman on up type of coach. But as, as time go, has gone on and he saw the, the holes he needed to fill here short term, he has made some moves to uh, get into the transfer portal and bring some veterans in that I think are really going to help in the short term as he understood the need for that. So I think, you know, he, he's a young, vibrant coach. He's got a lot of energy, doing a lot of the right things in the community. Now he's trying to build the program to put some W's on the board. Yeah, let's talk about those W's and, in fact, take it a step further. Let's Choose a number uh, in terms of the number of wins this season that would count as a step in the right direction and qualify as where USF wants to go. Is that number three wins? Is it four wins? Is it getting bowl eligible? What do you think, Jim? I've talked uh, talk to the fan base, uh, and I can let you know it's 12 wins. Uh, but <laughs> Isn't for it those always, of Jim? us that are, that are uh, a little more patient than that, uh, I don't know what that number is, more than one. Um, you know, and, and again, I think that's going to show up uh, this year. Uh, I think they're going to be much more competitive, even in the games they don't find a way to win. But, you know, you look at that non-conference schedule. They open up on the road at NC State. They got to go out and play BYU. Uh, their home opener uh, is Florida. Uh, so it's pretty challenging. Uh, but I think you're going to see them be in a lot more games. I think the win total is going to go up. Uh, a bowl game this year, can you get to six and six? Well, that would be a, a pretty good jump. Uh, but I, I think they're heading in the right direction. But I think there's a reality here that this is a, a pretty full rebuild for this program. Jim, let's talk quarterbacks out here at BYU. We're 
obviously waiting for the Cougars to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be uh, for week one against Arizona. It kind of sounds like South Florida is very much in a similar situation, waiting uh, to, to make an announcement as to who the guy is going to be. And obviously, fall camp's going to say a lot about, uh, about who gets that job. Yeah, the good news uh, for USF is that they have a lot more options this year. They were really thin at this position last year. Uh, but there are a couple of guys that come into play. Cade Fortin, who is a transfer from North Carolina, was with the team last year. And I, and I will always think that he was just about to take over as maybe being the guy last year and then got hurt uh, playing against Tulsa and was out for, uh, for the year and, uh, and didn't play again. But he's definitely in the mix. Jaron Williams is another intriguing one. Transfer from Miami, was a starter there as a freshman. So some good experience uh, for both of those guys. And those are probably the guys that are going to battle it out uh, for the most part. But there's another player uh, involved as well. He's a true freshman. So I don't know how much time he may or may not get, especially in the season. But they've got a young guy named Timmy McLean, who was just dynamic in the spring game. Left-hander, uh, great speed, great running ability, strong arm. Going to be a factor down the road as time goes on. The question is when. Maybe he's a guy that they build some packages for as a, as a freshman and he sees the field a little bit. But I think right now, heading into fall camp, it's probably Thornton or Williams for the lion's share of the snaps. He is the voice of USF Bulls football. Jim Lauk with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, you saw BYU up close and personal in 2019 when the Cougars made their way down to Tampa and USF pulled off one of their four wins that season. That was a BYU team that was a little bit injury-plagued and inconsistent for sure, but still good win for USF. Now the Cougars lose Zach Wilson and four other guys to the NFL via the draft, but on paper look like they bring back a number of weapons. So what's your impression of BYU football and how USF matches up with the Cougars in 2021? Well, it's going to be a project for USF. There's no doubt about that, especially going up there. This is only going to be the second time in the history of the USF program that they have played in the state of Utah, and it's an altitude that they're not used to. They don't go west into the mountain time zone very often, uh, so that's going to be an adjustment for them. I, I think one of the challenges and, you know, it was a concern in 2019 as well, is the offensive and defensive lines. Traditionally, USF has not been very big on either line. Uh, the defensive line in particular is a place they've got to improve dramatically this year over last year. They didn't get much of a pass rush. They didn't have uh, a lot of strength or a lot of depth at that position. So, you know, as, as talented as BYU may be at some of the so-called skill positions, I think the one of the big challenges in this game for South Florida is going to be line play, both offensively and defensively. Jim, great to talk with you. We appreciate the time. Uh, hope you're enjoying that Florida summer weather, and we'll see you uh, in Provo in a little over a month. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Jim Locke with us on BYU Sports Nation, the voice of USF Bulls football. All right. All I think about when I think of Florida is humidity. 
That's just that's just what I think about. Unfortunately, it's just humidity. Yeah. Well, hopefully on the golf side, he, he's catching somewhat of a break. I, I don't know. Well, they won't have to worry about humidity coming out this way. <laughs> it's true. Just the altitude. Just the altitude. Oxygen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of an important thing. All right. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And a rising shout out to our conference realignment content provider in July, Jason. Oh, thank you so much. This is. BYU Sports Nation. The gift that keeps on giving. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, so we have just learned that Big 12 chancellors, presidents, higher-ups are supposed to meet at 5 p.m. Central Time today to discuss the bombshell of Texas and Oklahoma reaching out to the SEC about joining the conference. So this is going to be a reactionary thing, I'm sure. Yes. To try and figure out if this is a crisis or not. Right. Yeah, most of the reports say that this is simply an initial get-together to go over everything that blindsided most of them in the last 24 hours. Not that they're making any decisions today. I'm sure they'll discuss a lot of things, but it's mostly initial intel as to what actually is going on. Okay, our question of the day. What do those Texas and Oklahoma rumors about going to the SEC mean for the future of BYU and their potential Power 5 inclusion? At JKBYU01 on Twitter says, it means nothing until Texas and Oklahoma actually go to the SEC. Both teams have talked in the past about joining other conferences, and it has not happened yet. They were going to go to the Pac-12 in 2011. That's right. And then they didn't. The fact that they didn't opened the door for Utah. Opened the door for Utah and Colorado. Okay. Continues. If they do, it could shake up all the other conferences and give BYU an opportunity to join a good conference. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Otis2415 on Twitter. Staying independent will always be BYU's fallback. Still a good option, too, in my opinion, especially if the Big 12 dissolves, which is the most likely scenario. Is it? Obviously, if the Big 12 survives and invites BYU, that's ideal. Bailing to a G5 conference would be a poor and desperate move, though. I don't think that Tom Holmo is looking to bail and join a Group of Five conference, especially with what's been revealed over the past few days. I would certainly not expect that. Hey, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jason? Let's give it to the reporter from the Houston Chronicle that broke this story and changed all of our lives. <laughs> yes. Did I oversell it? <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope and Jim Lau. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. <laughs> oh, shout out to Trevor Maddich. See you tomorrow. This is reviewable. I've got Nathan's birthday planned to a tee. Any 